Hello again. We have a special live guest with us this week. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, yep. and to have fun. Uh-huh. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show. We have a special guest in our third chair this week. Yes, Angie Cardona Nelson is joining us today. She and her husband, Joe, own eWaste Direct, and we'll hear more about her after the news. Very good. And starting off with the eBay news this week, don't know, Sherry, whether you've seen this, but uh, Uber is making a pitch to uh, do, I guess, the post office runs, or is it the FedEx runs, for $5 a package. I think they're saying it's part of a return service, but I can see it perhaps... Uh, being of interest to uh, eBay sellers. Oh, I see it definitely being appealing as a return service. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the returner would want to pay that, but the max value of your item is $100? Well, I'm not sure. The devil might be in the detail on this thing. I'm not sure whether they would, for example, be heading straight to the post office immediately after picking up your stuff, or whether they, they sling it in the back of the car, wait till they've got 20 items, and then take it. Um, I mean, they are positioning as something that is helpful for returning items. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that means they're not really in a hurry to get them back. I don't know. It it, it, it sounds good. but Because, I mean, if you had someone that said, oh, I want you to send it today and the postman's already picked it up and they were willing to pay a premium, then five bucks to have someone drive to the post office in the early part of rush hour and wait there and do all that stuff would be excellent value in my view. But I suspect that's not quite what they're doing. But... There we are. Who knows? So we'll find out anyway. So a lot of a lot of news organisations picked up on that for some reason. Seem to be of interest to people, maybe because of all the discussion about why we return so much stuff. Yeah, and anything to avoid the post office. Right. Yeah, I can't see for five dollars someone sitting there waiting in line for forty minutes to get served. Do you? I mean, I mean, even even if they went straight away, they just kind of chuck it in the corner with the other pile of stuff that people couldn't bother to wait to have scanned. I suspect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've even had trouble with my pre-labeled items just walking by all the people in line and putting it where it's supposed to go. They they look at you so, that evil look, like you're jumping the queue and you're waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's it's pre-labeled and they don't speak to me. They give Uh, me dirty looks. I am so appreciative of my mail carrier that picks up all my stuff, all my packages every day. But they are, by definition, people that have no concept of what pre-labeling anything is about. (laughs) <laughs> They're living the in the 1970s. The They're still yeah. in the 1970s. All mm. right. So that's the Uber doing post office runs, maybe the five bucks a parcel. Also in the news uh, this week, and this is basically stuff that was covered in great depth on uh, eBay's own eBay for Business podcast. No point in repro- uh, redoing their broadcast. But it's the European Union early in 2024 uh, imposing upon eBay sellers that sell into the European Union from outside the European Union a whole bunch of requirements in terms of displaying what I would regard as fairly personal information in the listing. So basically the net, as far as I can figure out, reading the eBay site, listening to the eBay podcast a couple of times, this applies to you if you have a business account on eBay and by the way, they won't let you take a business account and convert it back into personal, just in case oh, your yeah. brain was going down that road. Uh, starts up in early 2024, not an exact date yet. And they will be putting in the bottom of the listing, I guess, uh, the business name, the your address as registered with eBay. So that could be your home address, a phone number and email. 
So they're going to, unless you say otherwise, they're going to take those from your eBay account profile and populate this part of the page uh, with that information. And it sounds like they're not going to, by default, put that on eBay.com, but where listings get transferred to the European site, so that's eBay.fr, eBay.de, and all the other ones, then if you if you access the item through those sites, it will get added. And by the way, that's what they do with business sellers in Europe at the moment anyway. So they would say, well, this is nothing very new. And, and your information will get uh, displayed on those sites. Um, and by the way, if you want to give them alternative information, maybe you don't want your same email or phone number used for this, you can submit others. And I had a go at doing that earlier on. And I'm not sure quite what they think they're going to achieve from this because I'm Johnny German and I look up Shari and I see she lives in Colorado. Am I going to jump on the left Lufthansa flight to Denver and, and rent a car and go to her place and return that backpack with the, the failed strap? I hope not. I, I can't I see what the problem <laughs> Savage dogs here <laughs> yes. and the security system, so watch out. So why do you need this? What difference does it make to you? What are you going to do with that information? Uh, I can think the last person that would ever want to use that information is a buyer because, A, they could contact you via much more convenient methods, and, B, if there's a problem, they're probably just going to call their credit card people anyway. But the people who are going to get it are the people you don't want to have it, which is, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of people have ex-relationships or ex-partners and people that you'd rather not know where you're hanging out these days or how to reach you or people that want to send you spam email because now the spam harvesting machines are going to go crazy going down through all the .fr sites looking for email addresses. So this email box that you create for this is going to be so full of spam, you wouldn't spot a real inquiry anyway. Um, and also, maybe people from the US who know, I know how to get Sherry's information now. I just plug that item number into .fr and it's going to give me all her personal information. So... Uh, you Are you know, trying the, to give us nightmares? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Uh, maybe this is one of the skies falling in type conversations that we have from time to time. It's not that bad in the end. But it does seem to me that the people who benefit from it are not the people they're trying to actually protect. It's a strange setup. Right. And um, there we go. So anyway, just for fun, uh, this is live on the site now. You can go to the – it's kind of under your account settings – uh, you can see the information they plan on publishing, and you can submit a change. So I had a go at doing that. So I changed the email address from my selling eBay email address to, you know, this address is ignored at, you know, mystorename.com, which is a legitimate email address because I own that domain. And therefore, when they send me an email and it'll, with a, with a six-digit number in to verify, it does actually pass muster, and they will accept that. But hopefully that will hint to someone this is not going to be a productive way of reaching me. And I can turn that address off and turn it on again at will if I want to do that. So I've done that. So this is the don't, don't, don't use this email at thing. Uh, so that's up and running. And I'll leave it and see how much spam it collects once they start publishing it. But if it gets to the point where it's just ridiculous, I'll just dis disable it until whatever routine validation cycle comes up and I have to turn it on again for five minutes. So the address thing is going to be a fake address. And then the phone number, I went to one of those free text app things um, and got myself a new phone number. I actually paid them 4 dollars to have an 
a number for a year. You can get them for free, but if you don't use it every 30 days, it goes back in the pool and it kind of gets complicated. So I thought oh. before 99, I'll just have the same number. I'll, I'll splurge on this project oh, and have wow. this number. So that's now there. And again, they send you a text to that number to make sure that you're not you know, putting in a fake number. And then you said address, but you meant email address because no, yeah, sorry. you have to, for a physical address, doesn't it have to be the one registered for your business? Yes. I think they will validate that against the registered address they have for you. That's what they said on the podcast, certainly. And to be honest, I don't really want that there, but there's other ways you could find that. It's not that difficult. And if they've bought something from you, it's on the label anyway. So they're not really getting a lot of extra stuff from that. So the the way I was thinking, if you really felt strongly about that, and they, they are screening for PO boxes, and I haven't tested this. I've tested the other two, but not this one. Um, with a PO box, you can structure that address as, uh, you know, Sherry Smith, 123 Main Street, PMB 200, and the the street address is the, street, the address of the post office, and the PMB is the post op, is the PO box number. And normally that will get there. It just I didn't it just know you could do that. It just avoids using PO box, and it's the way that they bypass that. Oftentimes, like FedEx, for example, if you put PO box in there, it'll it'll ding you out from the label creation process and say we don't deliver there, even though they do. Okay, and I have a mailing address. At PostNet, so that is a street address, but I would have to register my business with that. And when you register your business, it says it has to be where your physical business is located. Right. So I'm not sure that I can. What are they going to do? Send someone around to check? I don't know. Maybe I maybe I should try that. <laughs> is it worth it? I don't know. I I mean, I'm not happy about it, uh, but it's not really eBay's fault, although I think they've been slightly caught on the hop by this. And um, so there we go. That, that's my sort of limited workaround for the moment. We'll see how this goes. Now, this is being run by our buddy, your buddy, Andrea my Stairs. Oh. Are you, are you still on? It's not her fault. Speed dial with each other? Can we, can we, well, can we use her, your good offices? To, yes, she's, well, she's, this is her department now, sorting this mess out. Oh, poor um, Andrea. She so doesn't deserve this. Maybe we can uh, call upon your great offices and, and superior relationship with eBay executives to see if she'll come on and, and take our rather trivial oh, questions. Oh, you never know. Okay. Well, she kind uh, of on the eBay podcast gave out her email address. I, I think things are pretty quiet for her in the backwater she's currently found herself in. So maybe she's uh, more game for being being in contact with sellers than perhaps back in the day. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Angie in a minute about the inform act, which is the, I believe the thing that made it possible for us to have exemptions on having our information displayed for us buyers on. Yes. We just got finished with congratulating eBay on doing a fantastic job of allowing us to opt out of the inform thing. Yes, Well done eBay. Well played. And then a few weeks later, they go, oh, well, actually, no, all that was a waste of time because your number's going to be published globally anyway. Well, but globally is better than to everyone in the U.S. Yeah. who might live close to you. But I, if someone really was, grateful. like I said, my point, but if someone was minded in the U.S. to try and get hold of the information, now they've got a very easy way of getting it. Yeah. 
Anyway, so that's the that's the scoop on that. If you really like, if you're even more anti than me, the only way you can really opt out of it is not to sell to the European Union. Then maybe you say, well, that's not a big loss anyway. I, I do okay to Germany and UK. Um, I don't want to lose that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. Uh, but would you just change your listings, or I guess now with a shipping policy, uh, and set up a whole bunch of country exclusions all under that sort of European Union category? And once they're all checked, in theory, they will not publish uh, your listing to the European Union because you don't send it there, and therefore you won't be uh, your listings will not be appropriately uh, adjusted. Okay, so with eBay International shipping. You're saying that you, the companies that you block will still be blocked? With, with either shipping it by yourself or eBay international shipping, when you set that policy up or, or globally, you can specify countries you do not want to serve. And then it won't be shipped there, even if you're only doing eBay international shipping. Yes, you, the, the, the exclusion list, I believe, also is, is Trump's eBay international shipping. So eBay international shipping okay. will not, not send to those places. So that's, for example, if you're worried about getting Vero because you can't send Levi's to Italy or whatever it is, um, yeah. you, you can use that just to protect yourself and not rely on eBay to get that right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So Good there we go. Know. That was my uh, that was my fun and games this morning. Testing that out. Um, <laughs> fun and games with Philip. It all. It just it's, it's just another thing, isn't it? It's just something else that takes more time and hassle and oh, serves no useful purpose for anybody, in my opinion. I know what they're trying to do, but it doesn't. Yeah, help. Well, we don't want it. eBay doesn't want it. There we go. All right, so that's the EU seller update. We'll try and find out a bit more nitty-gritty exactly how do they verify all this stuff, stuff like that, uh, as, as the next few weeks go by. And with that, I think that's our news for this week. we got a guest. Great. We get to talk to Angie. So as I mentioned, Angie Cardona-Nelson and her husband, Joe, own mm-hmm. e-waste direct. They started their recycling business on Earth Day in 2008, that's about when I met them. Uh-huh. Yep. Was that through eBay? Back in the day. No, I met Joe first because I have mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here, but I go to local business networking mm-hmm. meetings as a marketing tactic to get business. And I went to a meeting that Joe was at and I was he was talking about recycling and I was talking about selling on eBay. And he contacted me soon after and said that his wife was starting to sell their items on eBay. So that's when our beautiful relationship began. And let's uh, welcome Angie. Angie, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I say that I knew her in the day because now Angie's been jet-setted all around the United States by eBay. And your last trip was two weeks ago on kind of a last-minute trip to D.C., right? Yes, it was. Yeah, sort of a last-minute trip. eBay had invited me to the advocacy day in the spring, and I think they just did a sort of like a last-minute advocacy day uh, here in the fall or closer to the fall because some uh, legislations were kind of reintroduced. That's, that's how I came to, to help them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were there with Jamie Ioni and the CFO and about how many other sellers? Three other sellers? We were a total of five sellers. Okay. I'm still not. Yeah. I'm still fine that I wasn't one of them. 
<laughs> but tell us more about that. It was with the Washington Post, right? Yeah. So, so for the people that don't know about about me, I'm an eBay ambassador member, and so eBay has a department for the government relationship team in Washington D.C. and they're always advocating for sellers against legislations that are going to hurt us as small businesses. And we get to meet legislators and talk about all of those public policies issues. It was such a privilege to have an interview with the Washington Post, and it's called the Post Life, and where I had 20 minutes <laughs> where they get to hear my story, but also to tell them what a difference it will be the 1099K will do in everybody's small small sellers or people that, that want to try a new journey, how it will hurt them and sort of call it, kill their entrepreneurship spirit. And I saw a write-up yeah. came through from one of the blogs or something, and I saw that video. It wasn't clear to me who was in the room. Who were you talking to at that event? I think it was like 120 or 140 people, and they were mainly Capitol Hill elite. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so it was kind of like people that is very you know, into the, the, the topic of the 1099K, how it will affect them and everything like that. But also this was, you know, live. I think they have, it's in the hundreds of or thousands of people watching it at the same uh, live. And just out of stream. interest, how much prep do they put you through before they stick you on a stage in, in front of hundreds of people? What's the process to put you in that chair? Zero. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, no, eBay does a fantastic job um, helping us prepare for, you know, knowing the audience. Um, mm -hmm. We kind of know where we want to take the story and obviously knowing how long we have and how to kind of keep that attention going. There was a briefing the night before, a couple of phone calls before where we got to to talk to the moderator as well and just know where the where we wanted to take the story, what angle to talk about and stuff. Because one of eBay's government relations wins is that they got the 1099K legislation that was trying to require eBay and other online platforms to send issue 1099s to people if they sold one item or $600 worth. eBay got that to be tabled for a year, but then I think something came up that was accelerating this. So you had the story almost perfect, except oh, that. <laughs> so, so, so the 1099K for the people that, that sort of don't know or that are not very aware. So the 1099K coming down from $20,000 and 200 transactions to $600 in one transaction. What it does is that it creates these burdensome process for everybody that needs to file taxes. Well, what's the big deal? You still need to file taxes. What people don't understand is the complexity of this. When there is a coalition of over 20 companies, and that includes um, Etsy, eBay, Paystop, PayPal, Square, Cash App, Turo, Airbnb, I mean, these are big, massive, multi-million dollar companies, and there are they are rooting for a, ra a race on the threshold. That is because there is actually something really big and burdensome for the companies and for the sellers. And it, the, the topic is so complex that even the IRS is the one that says, no, 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 we need, we, we need to put a, a delay on this because they needed to come up with a plan 
for implementation. What they say is like, you know, to help smooth the transition and make sure that there is clarity for the taxpayers, the tax professionals and the industry. So, so for the people that say, oh, it's not a big deal. Everybody needs to pay taxes on the $600 or whatever. So the truth is, if you make a loss on a sale on a personal item, say you bought a jacket for $300 and then you sold it for $200, that loss isn't deductible, but you will receive a 1099K for the loss-making transactions. And then the IRS, you need to fill out like a form 1040 to offset the entry. So it gets really complex because... It's really hard to keep track of $600 a year on sales, right? It's just the complexity of it at that time. And I think people is thinking of it as a selling an item. But for example, if you, in your garage, you're selling your workout equipment, you, by now you have to do that 10, 1040 document and everything. And it's almost like you're becoming a, a salesman of workout equipment. It's the bill, the, the way that it passed or how it passed, it was aiming for big companies to target some companies and everybody got caught in the middle in a mess, the way it was written, it was not properly written. And so that's where we stand right now. And e- eBay presumably is is having kittens over this because it means a lot of the small sellers might quit eBay and just go to Craigslist and offer up and Facebook where they just sell to local people, exchange cash and don't have to worry about it. So you're absolutely right. But so it's not just eBay. Like I say, it's a coalition of like 20 plus companies. And this includes, so for example, Ticketmaster is there in Paystop, it is there. So say that you just bought, you know, Taylor Swift tickets for, you know, apparently they're so expensive these days. You bought two or three and they're over $600. And then your trip got canceled, you got sick, whatever it is. And then you go ahead and resell them. Guess what? You're going to get a 1099K and you have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, it's 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 just quite unfair as, as it stands right now. When do you think you'll know any results? Is this something that's going to be voted on? They were trying to push for this for the end of the year. The thing is that there, there's always has to be a tax bill happening before the end of the year where they sort of can slide this in. And so this will be one mm. of the many other things that they will slide in that. And, you know, they're Democrats and Republicans. This has to do nothing with you being Republican or Democrat. But when you talked about entrepreneurship and the land of opportunities, think of the people that are selling, say, a couple of cars or magazines or whatever they collect and it starts picking up as, and they're just, you know, trying to get a little bit of extra money. Uh, but then it picks up and they're like, oh, wait a minute, I can really make this a living. I'm really good at you know, CDs or whatever, you know, your, your, your collectible idea is your hobby. And then they take it to the next level. But once you're, right. you're over 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, it's really hard to stop. You're like, I'm making this my business. Like I make a living, like you just go for it and, and let it soar on entrepreneurship. There are millions of people that number one are going to say next year, if this goes through at the $600, right? They're like, why bother? Why selling on, 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 online. I'm just going to go toss this on the on the trash. You know, I'm just going to go recycle it. I'm just going to go whatever. So number one is a sustainability problem because everybody's going to start dumping everything into the trash and that's not fair for the environment. And my business is all about sustainability, so I'm not okay with it. Um, I'm all about, you know, circular economy and giving everything a second, third chance. So that's one deal. And then the other one, if you think about the millions of students that have grants, and loans, and you name it, and they're just selling their books, and books from college are very expensive. 
So if they're selling their books and they sell, I don't know, three books and that's over $600, guess what? They're going to get a 1099K and that is going to go against their grants or their grants, their loans, because that's going to apply as if they were making money. They're already working oh and that's gosh. not the case. So wow. their loans or their grants are going to be affected. So, oh I mean, for people to say, well, everybody needs to pay taxes and it's, it's, that's not the heart of the issue. The heart right. is how people is going to get affected and how it's written. It's not okay. So right. you, you, you've obviously been very well briefed on all this stuff. You did the Washington oh, yeah. Post thing. Were, were there other events that they took you to while you were there? Absolutely, yes. We were in uh, nine meetings with different senators. Uh -huh. So we visited some senators, some representatives of – well, we actually – so some of the senators and for the other one, we met with the staff because the Congress people were, you know, pretty busy voting for a shutdown or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's very stressful and there's always like a rush going in, in uh, over there. So, yes, we have the, the pleasure to, to meet them and, you know, bring our story, bring the awareness of how 1099K is affecting millions of millions of people. And also with the Shop Save Act, how the bigger players are sort of abusing their power and want control over everything. And is this you and Jamie wandering around? That when you say we, or is this was this you and somebody else? Yeah, so it's actually the the GR team, the the government relationship team in Washington D.C. have their logistics are flawless. They are amazing. I'm sure they have tons of issues behind stage, but we never know them. But we always have the amazing eBay team from the GR around us saying. They're the ones that know the topic, and and so they're they're really good at advocating. So what you they do you for got sure. to spend some time with a couple of senior guys at eBay. What were they like, kind of when when the lights weren't on them? So they're very 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 nice people. First of all, they're very connected to the stories, to your stories. So they're always very interested on in knowing how they can make it better. And Jamie is amazing. He's always listening. He's always like, email me. I want to know, you know, how I can make it. He checks his emails every single day. I think he makes his, his he, he makes his, his inbox to zero at the end of the day. So he's, whatever wow. you send him, he's always like, send it to the right team, the That's right product that. team, yeah. you know, all of yeah. that stuff. So he is hands on, you know, on it. And then talking to Steve Chris, the, 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 the chief financial officer, if we keep that threshold at $600, I think it's going to be like 2.5 million people that will be affected, that will be getting a 1099K. This is just eBay alone. Think of all of these other platforms. And so now eBay has to come up with a, a plan for, you know, customer service. 2.5 million people are going to call yeah. them. Oh, I <laughs> know. Complaining about it. I and know. it's potentially 2.5 million people next year that will not be selling online in any platform for that matter. Right. Because they know that they're going to get taxed or uh, paperwork related. So I want to just, since I, I want to make sure we, everyone knows more, a little bit more about you recently, or maybe it was a couple of years ago, you and Joe expanded and you now have 10,000 square feet uh, in your warehouse. Yes. 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 It's a little bit more than that. If you count yeah. the organized part of the warehouse, it's probably oh, more yeah. than that. <laughs> okay, and this is okay. uh, taking in used, what, computers or household items? So, so when we started, so only from corporations, when we started our company mm -hmm. 16 years ago, we were doing re residential recycling, but it was more, you know, logistically, it was a lot more hectic and then less value coming from the houses. So we, we switched, we switched to 
commercial. So we today we pick up electronics, retired equipment from corporations, from businesses, from school districts, government agencies in San Francisco. So we pick up all the electronics and we cherry pick what has value that we can resell on that platform. There are a lot of items that are fully working. So obviously the companies are just upgrading. And then the other part is that when some equipment are, is obsolete, we have the uh, blessing to have the the doors wide open, as you guys were explaining on the international shipping. And so we sell international because there is all of these items that uh, have a will have a home internationally. People from other countries are still looking for them. Yeah. So, and how many employees so yeah. do you have? It's around 13 full-time employees. And so out of interest, what percentage of stuff are you able to resell? Because, you know, a lot of end-of-life electronic stuff you don't have to put much time into it before you've exceeded the value of the item. How do you get that right? And how much of it can you actually take out and resell? So so the question has a an interesting answer because it's like the secret sauce. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But but we've, we've after <laughs> after sixteen years, but no, this is what the, is so interesting, right? After sixteen years of trial and error more error than trial. <laughs> we've, we've been able to, to narrow down like, okay, where we want to spend our time, mm-hmm. right? Before we wanted to fix everything and, and test right. everything. And then you realize it's like, after all of this time that I put into all of these gray hairs that are growing on me and my team to have mm-hmm. something powered up, we realize that it's obsolete, yeah. <laughs> right? right? Or that, or that at the time I sell it, you know, I'm gonna make a dollar by using eBay's tool Terapic. Yes. We're able to streamline the process of what's really worth it, um, because then you see that one item, you know, sold on eBay, and you're like, oh, this is great. And then you look, and it was like three years ago, right, mm-hmm. or two years ago. Right. It's like, does it really, you know, have that attraction? Can I just put it on the market and it's going to sell right away? Sometimes, no, because on the processor and, and you know, technology changes. And, you know, a, a very easy example, we get hundreds of thousands of iPads from the school districts, from companies, from everything. And so at one point, you know, a couple of years ago, we wanted to power every single one and, you know, go for it. Yeah. But the funny thing is that sadly, funny, but sadly, mm-hmm. is the the platform, you know, the OS or all of that stuff from Apple, they don't support those iPads anymore. Uh. So people, even if it powers up, the apps don't open or don't Mm. upload or don't you know whatever so it's such a waste it is such a waste to see that going so then that's when we decide okay we're gonna sell this or we're gonna recycle all of this for the screen values or the that kind of that Mm -hmm. nature Mm -hmm. so we have to filter a lot even though when you see something you know fully working you're like but who will be getting rid of this right that's my experience dealing with electronics that little internal taxi meter that is going in your head in terms of how much time i put into this that spins really fast and very quickly eats up any margin that you think you were going to make if you can't turn it around really quickly and with minimal extra effort (laughs) yes you know what I, i have to say though the the it's it's very interesting and sort of funny in a way when we have uh, new employees right and we're like oh can you help us do x and y right and separation and, and sorting mm-hmm. through items and everything they hoard everything uh, <laughs> they're yeah. like oh my gosh Angie this I'm sure it sells this I I had mm-hmm. I used to have one of these ones so you know 
And you go there and you find out, it's like, are you helping me separate? Are you helping me like take everything that potentially will not sell? <laughs> right. So, so because they see it and, and sadly, I mean, it's like, but in my country, you know, I have a lot of, it, my company is very diverse. And so everybody's like, well, but my company, you could sell this and make a ton of money. I'm like, I mean, I'm a country. And I'm like, yeah, I know. In mine too. I'm from Colombia. So you have no idea how much I cried before. <laughs> but we just got to let it go. And so, and now you have the opposite things that are like really fun, really unique, really old, really whatever. And so then it's my husband's job as a, you know, and I say job because he takes it as a job for me. It's just like, are you kidding me? We're still holding all of these things. So he wanted all of these things. Like, oh, you never know in the future it's going to be a great, you know, uh. museum wall. And so he keeps hoarding and hoarding things. And so <laughs> our treat was we we just opened in our in one of our second warehouses, our lobby. We had a whole shelf made. And then we yes. put all of our electronics in there. And whatever doesn't fit must go. Like we're not going to hold anymore. Like this is it. <laughs> and yes, we can sell some of those things on eBay or on, you know, whatever and make some money. Some of those ones, we don't make any money, but it's that sentimental, like, oh, the first, well, not, not officially the first, but you know, one of the first iPods, or, you know, and we have people come into our office or our warehouse and, and it's always a topic of conversation. People say, oh, I went to college with this laptop, right? And it's like 20 pound laptop or, you yes. know, you name it. So it's always so fun to have those kind of conversations. But, but at the same time, it's really hard to let it go. <laughs> yes. Well, I thank you so much for joining us. I mean, it's been great and you are a wealth of information, but I can see why Jamie likes you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, uh, any, any quick you. inside so scoops, anything that we should know about these people that uh, were, was a surprise to you? Uh, about the people, no, but I just want to tell the sellers to just like, no, for the executives, they're always <laughs> welcoming people, you know, and feedback. So for all the eBay sellers, just please visit the eBay, uh, you know, um, for the small eBay business uh, community. Yeah, the main street and join us and, you know, join in the fight. And then if you ever have any issues, though, you know, they might bring it to Washington, D.C. and help you advocate for it for, for all of these legislations. Yeah. And then you get to meet Angie as well. Maybe if she's on that trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, Small Business Ambassador Network has really changed the trajectory of our company and involvement on the, on the politics, uh, you know, how it can hurt us all, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much indeed well, for joining us. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs>